Hey, y'all, and welcome back to the At Peace Podcast. I'm your host, Brittany Lynn, and this space has been created for us to get what we need so we can be well, we can be whole, and we can be at peace. Last week, we talked about the gift of peace, and in that episode, we talked about what it means when a gift is given, and then what peace actually is. We learned that peace is really a radically generous gift because it's wholeness. It is the satisfaction of a debt. It is fulfillment. It is rest because the job is done. But today, we're going to start to look at it from a different perspective. We are going to look at the giver himself. Let's talk about Jesus as a giver. scripture, Jesus is called a lot of things. He's called Emmanuel, which means God with us. He's also called Alpha and Omega, Lamb of God, Bread of Life. The list goes on and on, but one of his most popular titles comes out of a prophetic message in Isaiah chapter nine, verse six. It's a I guess we could call it a fan favorite, especially around Christmas time, because it is where the prophet Isaiah described the coming Messiah and what he would be to the world. In that scripture, it says, for a child is born to us, a son is given to us. The government will rest on his shoulders and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. His government and its peace will never end, and he will rule with fairness and justice from the throne of his ancestor David for all eternity. The passionate commitment of the Lord of Heaven's army will make this happen. So twice in these two scriptures, peace is referenced. First, it's referenced as something that Jesus would not only possess, but he is the royal ruler over. So when it says that he is the prince of peace, it's almost to say that he is the ruler of a kingdom called peace. And as the ruler of this kingdom and this place called peace, he gets to wield Um, peace, its resources as he sees fit, and also that he is committed to being a protector of the kingdom of peace. The second instance happens immediately after calling him Prince of Peace and continues with this idea of a royal relationship because it says that this kingdom will eventually take over all places and its leadership would know no end geographically or time-wise. Going back to our scripture from last week in John 14 and 27, Jesus specifically says, peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. From these two passages, one the one first one in Isaiah and the second one in John, we can tell that Jesus intends for his peace to permeate time and space. And in order to do that, his peace had to be different. He makes a distinction that the peace he offers is not like the world's. In several other translations, they suggest that he was referring to the completed work that his peace offers, like meaning that my peace doesn't mean that you won't have problems, but my peace means that I will take your problems, your concerns, your fears, and I will fix them. He's telling them that his peace is potent. His peace is perfect. 
Not only is his peace potent, we also understand that it is in his possession. This also is a super important distinction because in order for Jesus to give the gift of peace, he had to own it. You see, the truth is you can't really give someone something that you don't first have. Otherwise, it can always be taken away by its rightful owner. Think of it like this. If someone gave you a brand new watch that they had freshly stolen from a jewelry store, that store would be well within its right to come and confiscate and take the watch back, even though it had been given to you as a gift. Why? Well, because the giver had no authority to give what they did not own. The second thing that we can discern about Jesus as a giver is the price he was willing to pay for it. Last week, we talked a little bit about the value of a gift beyond its price tag um, when we were talking about love languages. And we mentioned that the receiver feels seen by the gift by the gifter when the gift is thoughtful. But um, another piece of this value of a gift can also be based on what was paid for the gift. Now, let me be clear. <laughs> a gift is not a gift's value can in part be based on what what it costs the giver to give it. Don't get me wrong, all gifts don't have to be sacrificial in order to be valuable. But when it is sacrificial, it is more valuable because the giver is esteeming your value above whatever it is that they are giving. They're giving graciously, they're giving big, they're giving big for them and that means a lot. There's this famous story from the early 1900s that's been adapted countless times now called The Gift of the Magi. And some of us might some of us might remember it being adapted by like Sesame Street or Mickey Mouse or maybe some film version. But the gist of the story is this. There's a young couple who does not have a lot of money, but they really want to give each other great Christmas gifts. And so the wife is out shopping and she sees a watch chain that will complement her husband's heirloom pocket watch perfectly. So to pay for it, she cuts off her long and luscious locks and sells her hair to a local wig maker so she can buy the chain. Meanwhile, the husband sees some beautiful hair combs to adorn his wife's long hair. And in order to pay for the combs, he sells what? His watch. When the time comes for them to exchange gifts, neither can truly use the gifts given, but they are overwhelmed with the gifts because the sacrifice is made for the other to give the gift in the first place. Again, a gift's value is multifaceted and we would do a grave injustice to the heart of Jesus if we didn't understand the price paid in order for him to offer us peace. Whether you consider yourself a Christian or not, I think we can all agree that a king who leaves his well-provided, healthy and handsome kingdom to go somewhere less appealing, live among the people as one of them, and then ultimately sacrifice his life so that the debt of their sins could be paid is overwhelmingly generous. I'll be honest, as a believer myself, meditating on this truth often gives me a lot of calm. It humbles me. It lifts me up. It, it quite frankly overwhelms me all at the same time. The fact that Jesus himself dwelt among us, 
willingly sacrificed himself, bore all the past, present, and future sins of the world so that we could be with him in heaven is like, like mind blowing, is wild. Think about it like this. When we look at like love stories, we look at at movies like coming to America, we see Prince Akeem, he leaves Zamunda and it's crazy that he would live all of this, he would leave all of this provision and he would leave this beautiful, beautiful kingdom um, to come to Queens, New York and work at McDowell's where he's never worked a day in his life just so that he could court and marry Lisa. And we love it. I mean, it's funny. It's really funny. But we get engrossed in these stories, these fake couples and fake kingdoms. And the real reason why they're so appealing is not just because they offer us um, comedic relief, but also because we want to believe in a love that someone would give up everything for. We want to believe in a love that someone would die for. We don't only want to believe this kind of love exists, but we want to believe that it could be ours, that we could be loved like this. And so here, Jesus is not only giving sacrificially, but also giving the best gift by giving peace. Again, peace is the lack of lack. It is setting all things right, is the satisfaction of the debt owed. It is wholeness. Jesus gave and he gave us wholeness. Wait, pause, pause. Hold up for a second. Before we get back into the podcast, are you subscribed to our YouTube channel? Or have you subscribed to the podcast on your preferred listening platform? Spotify, Apple Music, whatever's your jam, we're there. Make sure you go and subscribe to the At Peace Podcast. You can find us on your preferred podcast platform at At Peace Podcast. If you want to check us out on YouTube, it's Brittany Lynn TV. That's B-R-I-T-T-A-N-Y-L-Y-N-T-V. Um, check us out there and make sure you're following us on socials. Check us out at at Peace Collective, whether that's Facebook or Instagram. We've got um, some new stuff that's going to be coming up. And between you and I, there's some merch that's going to be dropping really soon. And it's super cute. Like, do you see this? Do you see this? Like, you know, we're going to wear our peace. We are going to be at peace collectively. So, Make sure before we get back into this episode that you have subscribed to the YouTube channel, that you have subscribed on your preferred platform, um, podcast platform, if you like to listen while you drive or work out or whatever, and that you're following us on socials. We can all use a little more peace in our lives. So make sure you join us. Okay, now let's get back into the episode. He's not only like just some giver or like a great gift giver. He is the giver. This is why in John chapter three, verse 16, it says, this is how much God loved the world. He gave his son, his one and only son. And this is why, so that no one need be destroyed. By believing in him, anyone can have a whole and lasting life. God didn't go to all the trouble of sending his son merely to point an accusing finger, telling the world how bad it was. He came to help, to put the world right again. As if giving what he possessed wasn't enough, Jesus methodically displayed the peace he possesses throughout his ministry here on earth. 
There are tons of examples of him um, meeting needs and meeting insufficiencies. We can look at when he fed the multitude or when he healed people. But one of my favorite examples is when Jesus tells the disciples that they're going across a lake. And while on the water, a storm brews and the disciples get super unraveled. Well, let's just let's look at the passage itself. It says um, this is Mark chapter four. It says that same day after it grew dark, Jesus said to his disciples, let's cross over to the other side of the lake. Leaving the crowd behind, the disciples got into the boat in which Jesus was already sitting and they took with them. uh, They took him with them. Other boats sailed with them. Suddenly, as they were crossing the lake, a ferocious storm arose with violent winds and waves that were crashing into the boat until it was nearly swamped. But Jesus was calmly sleeping in the stern, resting on a cushion. So they shook him awake saying, teacher, don't you even care that we're about to die? Fully awake, he rebuked the storm and shouted to the sea, hush, be still. All at once, the wind stopped howling and the water became perfectly calm. Then he turned to his disciples and said to them, why are you so afraid? Haven't you learned to trust yet? But they were overwhelmed with fear and awe and said to one another, who is this man who has such authority that even the winds and the waves obey him? It's funny because in the King James version of this very passage, when Jesus commands the sky and water, it says that he says, peace, be still. Jesus was in his peace bag right here and he is really serving. So let's let's break this down for a moment. You have the disciples on a boat with Jesus and a literal storm arises. Now, this storm must have been something else because remember, prior to being disciples, most of them had been fishermen. So storms were just commonplace. That was just territory that came with being a fisherman. But this storm was bigger and it was more than they could handle. And to calm their anxiety, they went to the Prince of Peace, who so beautifully and ironically shows them how to be at peace because the scripture says that he was resting. He does not wave a wand. He does not make any grand gestures. He just demands that peace be made present. And all of a sudden, what he displayed within himself is now evident. It is the reality of those around him. A skeptic reading this might say, well, it's just a coincidence that the storm stopped. But the scripture makes room for that too. It says that not only did the wind stop, but there was a sudden calm on the water. You see, the peace that Jesus provides is consumed by everything around him. While in this instance, in this instance, it was a threat of a severe hurricane like storm that frightened the disciples. We often deal with metaphorical storms that come to threaten our safety and our calm. But the same way that Jesus embodied peace and then caused it for the disciples, we can trust that he will do the same for us. The establishment of the kingdom transcends time and location because it lives in and through us. And as we walk in the finished work of Christ, we can anticipate a full, finished, whole and perfect peace. For the disciples and for us to see Jesus possess a power so strong that he was not moved by what seemed to be detrimental is impressive. 
For him to share it with the disciples in this moment by taking what was in him and manifesting it outside of him was miraculous. But for him to turn around at the end of his ministry and uh, give that power to the disciples, including us today, shows tremendous generosity and kindness. But most importantly, it shows an indescribable love. To know Jesus, to know about Jesus, is to know that he's a wonderful counselor and the Prince of Peace and the Bread of Life. But to know Jesus personally, for him to be your Savior, for him to be your Lord, is to know that he is deeply, deeply in love with you and has willingly given everything that our hearts long for. He is a Savior who sees us. He loves us and is willing to do whatever it takes to make sure that we are whole. As we close today, I want to ask you this. What areas of your life do you need the peace of God to rule in? Is it relationships? Is it purpose related? Does it have to do with like your worth or self-image? Well, like I said at the beginning, this space has been created for us to get what we need. So I would love to hear from you. Please send your prayer requests or topics you would like to hear discussed on this podcast. Um, and learn more about us, visit us at www.atpeacelife.com or check us out on social medias at At Peace Collective. Also, don't forget to subscribe to Brittany Lynn TV. That's Brittany, B-R-I-T-T-A-N-Y-L-Y-N TV on YouTube. Guys, I will see you next week. Remember, be well, be whole, and be at peace.